Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. I'm undergoing self-isolation. It's the only way to be. Just for the lack of stimulation. So come self-isolate with me. It's getting comfortable in here. Ladies, you know, with the self and everything. Ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, this week been made even more aware of the possibly baleful influence, possibly, of uh, social media on the national discourse, as uh, Twitter particularly and um, its its bigger friend Facebook uh, took various actions with regard to uh, some theories that were floating about. In one case, Twitter banned posts regarding uh, that theory. And then Jack, at Jack, Jack Dorsey, head of Twitter, had to um, roll that back, had to walk, it, walk, the, walk the cat back, as the uh, spooks say, according to some spooks. And it, it, uh, it made me think, I hate that, that... Um, you know, the, the role of the social media in uh, passing on inaccurate information or misinformation or disinformation or the winner of the mis-disinformation contest, for that matter, it, it has really been overcomplicated. In my experience, and I've been on Twitter now since, uh, since the bird went blue, the vast majority of stuff that I get that falls into that category of uh, bad information, let's call it, uh, to be oversimplified, it, it comes from either people who've retweeted from anonymous folks or from anonymous folks, pseudonymous folks or anonymous folks. And I, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when Facebook said, oh, everybody on our service is a real person because advertisers wanted to believe that. Because who wants to try to sell something to somebody that doesn't exist? Hey, we got eight bots to buy a Chevy. But, but y- you've seen now, we've all seen, that uh, that's fallen apart. And as I say, the, the messages are mainly from either people hiding behind a pseudonym or behind nothing. And so it's up to us, ladies and gentlemen. We can fix this problem. Read the name of the person who's sending you a um, social media message. And if you if it doesn't look like a real person, then you can just hit the bio thing and see who they claim to be. And if it's not looking like a real person, block it, mute it. They, they're like COVID. They have to spread to have any effect. So say no to anonymous tweeters and Facebookers, won't you? That's uh, that's good news for me. Barca Lounge Master three six nine. Hello, welcome to the show. Whole month of February, it's under control. Just 
just a few cases Then we rock and we roll The market's like a rocket It's on Twitter and Reddit You could call me crazy But I'm taking credit Corona's just a neighborhood Burden I carry just gets 
people say that we're in a kind of spiral, but a big part of leadership is going viral. From New Orleans, Louisiana, I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of the show that was one of the songs you first heard on this broadcast, but it's been tarted up, all tarted up, and uh, it's it's part of a record. And I know you've heard all about it on public radio shows like, um, like, uh, well, anyway, I'm telling you about it now, and uh, it's coming out next week, I think, something like that on CD, and then there'll be an LP too. It's called "The Many Moods of Donald Trump," and you'll hear another song from it later in today's broadcast. But right now, what the frack? There's, of course, fracking um, involved in the presidential campaign, particularly as it applies to the battleground state of Pennsylvania. And uh, (laughs) President Trump has uh, slammed Joe Biden for wanting to stop fracking in Pennsylvania and elsewhere, other battleground states. Um, and and Biden says he's not he doesn't want to do that. Maybe he should. The radioactivity of airborne particles increases significantly downwind of fracking sites here in the good old USA. That's according to a new study from Harvard. Harvard scientists said this could damage the health of people living in nearby communities, <coughs> and that further research was needed to understand how to stop the release of the radio radioactive elements from under the ground. The radioactivity rose by 40%. That's a lot. Compared with the background level in the most affected sites, reports The Guardian, the increase will be higher for people living closer than 12 miles to the fracking sites. We'll move away. Oh, sorry. That was the closest distance that could be assessed with the available data. Guess the data didn't want to get closer. Scientists used data collected from 157 radio monitor, radiation monitoring stations across the United States between 2001 and 2017. The stations were built during the Cold War. Thank you, Russia. They compared data with the position and production records of 120,000 fracking wells. Quote, our results suggest that an increase in particle radioactivity due to the extensive fracking development may cause adverse health outcomes in nearby communities. That's the uh, careful language of the research team. The uh, leader of the study said, if you asked me to go and live downwind of fracking sites, I would not go. People should not go crazy, but I think it's a, a significant risk that needs to be addressed, he said. Previous work has shown that chemicals released during fracking could pose a health risk to children. What do we tell the children? It's fracking. Get over it. And the process has contaminated groundwater in some places. New research published in the journal Nature Communications examined the increases in radioactivity of airborne particles where there were operational fracking wells 12 miles, within 12 miles, upwind of a location. With 100 100 wells upwind, the average rise in radioactivity was 7%. Some places had nearly 600 wells upwind. That's going to be hot wind. The team took into account other factors, including weather and sunspots. Cosmic rays produced by sunspots do increase the levels of particle 
radioactivity. But they found fracking resulted in a far bigger increase in particle radioactivity than conventional oil or gas operations. That's because the initial source of radioactivity is uranium in the rocks, a conventional oil and gas reservoir being drilled hardly disturbs the rock, but in the shale formations targeted by frackers. Hey, frackers, we're talking about you. Uh, the oil and gas is trapped within the rock, so you have to blast it with high-pressure water and then release the uranium. That uranium isotope decays to radon. Some of you may remember radon. It was in your homes, the un uninvited visitor. It itself decays to ultrafine radioactive particles containing polonium is all. I said polonium. Remember Alexander Litvinenko, poisoned by the Russians in London? Yeah, 2006. Polonium, ladies and gentlemen, that's what the Russians used. Recommended by Russian poisoners everywhere. And become, those particles are then carried by the wind. Polonium in the wind. A lifetime special. The uh, biggest increases were seen in Marcellus and Utica shale fields below Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia. Well, West Virginia isn't a battleground state. Oh, I see. That doesn't have any. Those uh, rocks contain more uranium than in other fracking regions like Texas and the Dakotas. Go there for the fracking. Stay for the motorcycle rally is my recommendation. The investigation backs up its big conclusions with big data, making the conclusions convincing, says uh, a researcher who was not part of this research team. Burning with envy, but yet able to uh, be honest about it. Because I guess uh, she signed some uh, kind of uh, oath as a scientist or something. What the frack? And now... News of the Godly. And uh, we alight first right here in the Crescent City. A national organization representing survivors of priest sexual abuse is calling for a Vatican, a Vatican investigation. A Vatican investigation. Those are better. And the possible ouster of Archbishop Greg Amond here in New Orleans after a week of shocking revelations, according to local TV station WWL-TV. Revelations, I say, about alleged improprieties by several priests. Archbishop Amond has lost control of his priests, says the executive director for the Survivor Network of Those Abused by Priests in a letter to Pope Francis. You don't want to lose control of your priests. The, the archdiocese replaced a... Um, oh, sorry. These uh, pages have been stapled together by me in not the right order, you see, ladies and gentlemen. He's, he, the archbishop, says he's capable of leading the priests forward. Um, one of the priests involved was uh, had an activity where he had sexual relations on the altar of his uh, facility, I mean his church, with two dominat dominatrixes, dominatrices. We have a strong fraternity of priests in the archdiocese, said the archbishop. I will meet with the priests next week to discuss this in detail. I, we have many good priests. I regret they're embarrassed by the actions of a few. The uh, women, 
those nominatrices were women uh, recording themselves on video having sex with uh, a priest by the name of uh, Father Clark on the altar. Amon said he had to remove the altar and burn it and would be consecrating a new altar this week or next. That was Father Travis Clark that did that. The dominatrices, in case you're wondering, one from Seattle, the other from Atlanta. They came to New Orleans for the purpose of filming themselves on the altar with a thing. She, Mindy Dixon, an adult film actress offering her services to make dominatrix videos, posted at the end of last month she was on her way to New Orleans to, quote, defile a house of God, unquote. The next night, the three of them were arrested on obscenity charges, and Dixon posted the photos that appeared to be inside St. Peter and Paul Church in Pearl River. The uh, other father, Father Clark, was... Uh, I said he was arrested, didn't I? Yeah. A TV station teamed up to report that the Archdiocese had collected inappropriate texts from Father Patrick Watigny to a teen at Pope John Paul II High School, that's a local high school, in February, but did not inform the school's principal or remove Father Watigny from his position as school chaplain for months. The uh, attorney for the two women involved said an individual had to enter the church's private property and look through a window to see what was taking place. It was not in public view. His clients are professional dominatrices, and everything that took place was among consenting adults. But now we, our attention turns, fortunately, away to Richmond, Virginia. The Catholic Diocese of Richmond is, is fixing to pay, as they say down south, millions of dollars to dozens of victims who suffered sexual abuse by clergy. Please give. The payments to victims of clergy abuse follow a voluntary independent reconciliation program launched by the diocese in February. Statement from Bishop Barry Nestout. You know, the, the real world keeps coming up with better names than comedy writers. That's all I can say about that. Father Nestout. Um... He says these payments are not the end of the diocese's efforts to um, reach out to abuse survivors, and the outreach is continuing. I hope that's a, a, the good kind of outreach. And an Italian priest accused of sexually abusing choir boys, well, because the older boys weren't available. Uh, in a seminary, and another priest who allegedly facilitated that abuse are going on trial in the Vatican this week, according to Agence France-Presse. The alleged abuse took place in 2011-12 at the pre-seminary of St. Pius X, or X, if he's related to Malcolm, an institution located on Vatican grounds that trains choir boys and is very close to the Pope's residence. You can see the Pope from there. Gabriele Martinelli is suspected of carrying out repeated sexual assaults on at least one victim when he was a seminarian, age 21, and living in the building. Martinelli was made a priest way back in 2017. The boarders at St. Pius X are mainly children. What do we tell the children? 
Go back to your room. And adolescents who stay there while they attend a private school in Rome and participate as choristers in the masses at St. Peter's. Enrico Redice, rector of the residence at the time of the alleged events, is accused of covering the abuse up. Vatican said last year the pair would be uh, tried. First hearing was apparently held this week. News, news of the godly, ladies. You have to turn the page on all of that. News of the godly, ladies and gentlemen. It is so very much a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And now... You know uh, the German sportswear manufacturer Adidas? Adidas. They acquired an Austrian Internet of Things startup five years ago called Runtastic, which manufactured a $129 smart scale called Libra. Well, guess what? Libra's going dumb on you. The product is being discontinued, preventing owners from synchronizing their data or even downloading the app required to use it. Adidas announced the discontinuation of key functionality from the Libra Smart Scale. We wanted to let you know we've decided to stop supporting the Libra app. This means we've taken the app off the market and login won't work anymore. A login and the synchronization of your weight data from the Libra Scale is no longer possible, said Adidas. Those who have previously downloaded the app are able to visit its page where they can leave feedback. This has prompted a flood of one-star reviews and furious comments. Uh, This is not the only time this stuff happened, according to the Register, a British tech journal. In April 2016, servers supporting a smart home hub product called Revolve, without the E, were shut down, leaving owners unable to control their other Wi-Fi-connected stuff. This stung. The hub cost about $300, and was sold with a lifetime subscription. But they didn't say whose lifetime. Secondly, Revolve wasn't a fledgling startup, but a subsidiary of Alphabet, which also owns a little thing you might have heard of called Google. Um, Another example, Dan Automation, a crowdfunding sensation that raised $4.5 million in crowdfunding for a family of smart plugs and light switches, went uh, bankrupt. And then people were suddenly burdened with non-functional and hugely expensive light switches. And uh, the startup Wink, owned by Will I Am, well, he ain't, sent an email to users of the smart home products demanding they pay for a subscription service in order to continue using their products because the revenue obtained from one-time purchases wasn't enough. Give me some more Money. Money. Following the spread of the coronavirus, jails and prisons remain on lockdown. Visitors are unable to see their loved ones except through video visitation services. The security and privacy of those systems is under security, uh, under scrutiny, according to TechCrunch, after one St. Louis-based prison video visitation provider had a security lapse that exposed thousands of phone calls between inmates, their families, also calls with their attorneys were supposed to be protected by attorney 
attorney-client privilege. Hey, if you wanted security, you wouldn't be in prison. HomeWave, which serves a dozen prisons across the U.S., left the dashboard for one of its databases exposed to the Internet without a password, allowing anyone to read, browse, and search the call logs and transcriptions of calls between inmates and their friends and family members, also showing the phone number of the caller, which inmate, and the duration of the call. The uh, chief executive of HomeWave confirmed the security lapse. One of our third-party vendors has confirmed that they accidentally took down the password which allowed access to the server, he said, without naming the third party. Always name the third party, ladies and gentlemen. Always blame the third party, even if you don't name them. And safety concerns over automated driver assistance systems like Tesla's usually focus on what the car can't see, like the white side of a truck that uh, one Tesla confused with the bright sky. But now one group of researchers focuses on what self-driving systems might see that a human driver doesn't, according to Wired, like phantom objects and signs that aren't really there. That could be nice for driving. Researchers at Israel's Ben-Gurion University have spent the last year, last two years, excuse me, experimenting with those phantom images to trick semi-autonomous driving systems. They previously showed they could use split-second light projections on roads to successfully trick Tesla's driver assistance systems into automatically stopping without warning. When its camera sees spoofed images of road signs or pedestrians. Now in new research, they found they can pull off the same trick with just a few frames of a road sign injected into a digital billboards video. It's all connected. It's all a system, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry about a thing. We got it, we got it under control, don't you know? It's a different kind of control. The attacker just shines an image of something on the road or injects a few frames into a digital billboard. The car will apply the brakes or possibly swerve, and that's dangerous, said a researcher for Ben-Gurion University and Georgia Tech who worked on the research. The driver won't even notice at all, so somebody's car will just react, and they won't understand why. Well, they should understand why. They, they live in a smart, 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 smart world. And now... Something else about the world. It's warm. Soft listen to the warmth. We can listen to the warmth. Australia's Great Barrier Reef has lost 50% of its coral populations in the last three decades. It's now just a pretty good barrier reef. Let's make it great again. Climate change is a key driver of reef disturbance, according to a new study. Researchers from the ARC Center of Excellence for Coral Reef Studies in Queensland, it's in Australia, assessed coral communities and their colony size along the reef over the last uh, 15 years, finding depletion of virtually all coral populations, they said this week. Coral reefs are some of the most vibrant marine ecosystems on the planet. Between a quarter and one-third of all marine species rely on them at some point in their life cycle. Is that a uh, fitness thing for marine creatures, the life cycle. The Great Barrier Reef covers nearly 133,000 square miles, 
home to more than 1,500 species of fish, 411 species of hard corals, and dozens of other species, about which we care so very much. We found the number of small, medium, and large corals on the reef has declined by more than 50% since the 1990s. Coral population sizes are considered vital, among other things, not only for feeding other marine species, but when it comes to the coral's ability to breed. Understand the problem, mate. While the ongoing corona pandemic continues to threaten thousands of lives around the world, the first half of 2020 saw an unprecedented decline in CO2 emissions, larger than during the financial crisis, the oil crisis of 1979, or even World War II. Well, they had a lot of Jeeps. An international team of researchers has found that the first six months of this year, 8.8% less CO2 was emitted than in the same period in 2019. The study offers a precise look at COVID-19's impact on global energy consumption. The analysis of meticulously collected real-time data, explains the lead author. But that don't mean we're out of the woods. We're in the woods. Oh, we're buying the woods. And new research reveals temperatures in the deep sea fluctuate more than scientists previously thought. And a warming trend is now detectable at the bottom of the ocean. There's a study in the American Geophysical Union's Geophysical Research Letters. Letters. Researchers analyzed a decade of hourly temperature recordings from moorings anchored at four depths in the Atlantic. And uh, it's getting warmer down there. You know, it was supposed to be cold and just cold and then colder. No. It's getting warmer down there, too. So next year, spend your vacation at the bottom of the ocean. News of the Warm, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. You. 
Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who, like me, have trouble keeping your conspiracy theory straight, this has been a challenging week. Uh, We had the story in the Rupert Murdoch-owned New York Post, you gotta believe, that uh, revived all the Hunter Biden Burisma stuff based on this uh, highly plausible premise. Hunter Biden, highly inebriated, left a computer with compromising personal information, photos and emails, in a uh, repair shop 3,000 miles away from where he lives, forgot or neglected to retrieve the computer from the repair shop within the 90-day period. Then the owner copied the hard drive and turned that stuff over to Rudy Giuliani. Simple as that. That was, uh, as I say, in the New York Post. Was it the New York Post that published uh, Marla Says Best Sex Ever, or was it the Daily News? I'm going to have to have my research department check up on that. It's only 30 years ago. And the other one, the other conspiracy theory that that got some oxygen this week was uh, a retweet by President Trump. <laughs> Sorry, President Trump. This one uh, uh, was from a a Twitter account linked, according to the British newspaper, The Independent, to uh, QAnon, the uh, conspiracy theory thing, uh, which claimed that the United States shot down a Navy SEAL helicopter to conceal the fact, no, uh, no repetition of SEAL intended, that it wasn't Osama bin Laden that was killed. It was his body double. The uh, man who claims to be the guy who shot Osama bin Laden says it's not true, as you would expect. After all, he wrote a book about it. The retweet drew attention from uh, moderator Savannah Guthrie on Thursday night's Trump Town Hall. Now, why would you send a lie like that to your followers? It. You I retweeted That was a retweet. That was a, an opinion of somebody, but, and that was a retweet. I'll put it out there. People can decide for themselves. I don't, themselves. I don't the take president. a position. You're not like someone's crazy uncle who no, can no, just retweet no, no. whatever. That was a retweet. And I do a lot of retweets. The theory was originated, according to The Independent, by Alan Howell Parrott. Yes, originated by Mr. Parrott, who claimed in an interview with a conservative personality at a pro-Trump rally last weekend that Biden cut a deal with Iran to set up bin Laden's death in Pakistan. Parrott claimed that Iran then double-crossed the U.S. and switched him with a body double. And then uh, hilarity ensued. Parrot claims to have terabytes of evidence to prove his theory, but hasn't uh, provided a single bite so far. But we have on the line somebody who um, can shed some light on this, if not some heat. Um, He's uh, called in to discuss this, and um, he's a a familiar voice on the show from some time back. He... um, You may recall him as uh, one of the 32 Saddam Hussein lookalikes who were known to have been distributed around Iraq to protect the uh, safety of the then Iraqi leader. That that didn't work out so well, but he's on the line now. Um, Please welcome back to the the show, 
newsmaker line, Shab Shab. Hi, Shab Shab. Hello, Hello. Hello, Mr. Sharir. It's uh, good to hear your voice as well as mine. Well, I imagine you hear yours more often than mine. <laughs> so it's a pleasure for both of us. Thank uh, you. Just, just to backtrack a moment, that, that was correct. You were a Saddam Hussein lookalike, is that right? And not only is that correct, mm-hmm. I had to have, uh, as I've, I've told you more than once, yes. so not, I don't know why you're asking me again, but I tell you, okay. I had plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery, mm-hmm. they call it here, mm-hmm. to look more like Saddam Hussein, because he, when I first started appearing as him, yes. they said, no, no, you, you have the mustache, but the rest is uh, not believable to a child. <laughs> so, I, yes, I went through that, mm-hmm. and I had a very successful career, as well as, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, having a uh, very uh, not-so-successful career selling high-end high audio. audio equipment yeah. in, here in Baghdad. Mm-hmm. But uh, things have turned around for me, ah. and... Uh, that's what I'm here to tell you about. Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I, I imagine that means uh, things are going well in the high-end audio world. They're going terrible, Mr. Oh. Shere. Do you, know, you not read the papers? Do you not listen to the papers? Yeah. The, I... the high-end audio world has ceased to exist. Mm. We know it. It's submarined and sabotaged by something called MP3, uh-huh. which is like listening to music through, through uh, water or mm. something. <laughs> no, what has happened to me mm. uh, that has been... Uh, a lifesaver for my career mm-hmm. as a as a living being mm-hmm. is that uh, I have uh, been working up till the time of his uh, demise as a body double for Osama bin Laden, ah. and I'm here to tell you that they did not kill me. Well, uh, I, I guess that's sort of almost obvious yes. uh, by the fact that you're talking to us. Yes. But uh, tell us a little bit more about that. How 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 did that come about? I was. Uh, trying to support myself mm-hmm. in the post-Saddam days as an extra doing uh, television uh, adverts, as, as you call them, Commercials, yeah. uh, here in Baghdad. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day my agent said, Shab uh, <laughs> uh, you are, are you tired of making like... Uh, Three dollars for every performance, which is I'm, I'm translating the value of sure, the money. Sure. And I said, "Am I tired? I'm exhausted <laughs> from it." Yeah. Uh, and he said, "You don't have to yell." And I said, "I'm yelling because I'm tired." <laughs> Uh, and uh, he arranged a, a meeting for me mm-hmm. with a man I never knew his name. Mm. Uh, we we spoke by telephone, sure. and uh, then I had a, a clandestine meeting with him where he was sh- shrouded in darkness. Wow! I know it sounds like a movie, but yeah. it's true. Uh. And he looked at me and said, "You'll do." And wow. those were the, the two happiest words that I heard that, uh, that whole year, huh. uh, alongside uh, "Goodbye" from my ex-wife. Well, that's one word. Not when it's hyphenated. Okay. Uh, did you have to have new plastic surgery or, or no. undo your old plastic surgery no, no, to no. look less like uh, Saddam Hussein No. Th- to th- do this job? No. There was no requirement. Uh, uh, I had shaved the mustache, of course, years sure. before mm-hmm. because uh, I, I didn't want people saying to me, oh, but I thought you were dead. <laughs> yeah. uh, th- that, uh, you, nobody needs that. No. Uh, so I, I looked like myself. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a, a rangy frame, as they called it yes. uh, in that interview. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I looked enough like the body of... Uh, Osama bin Laden, they really didn't care about my face, mm. which, uh, again, sounds much like my ex-wife. Okay, I think we can leave your ex-wife out of okay. uh, the rest of the conversation. My pleasure. So uh, what kind of assignments uh, did you get then at, at that point? Well, of 
course, Osama bin Laden, would, uh, by that time, is in hiding. In hiding, of course. Yeah. Uh, so uh, not a lot of public appearances <laughs> as I did for Saddam. Right. Uh, you know, no uh, cutting ribbons at the opening of a new pale shoe store or no. something like that. Right. Which, don't get me wrong, no. those, that those were great days. Mm. I look back at them with uh, uh, almost nostalgia. Mm. But uh, no, these were, uh, every once in a while, there was a need to uh, appear at some uh, high-level uh, terrorist meeting sure. uh, just uh, to nod mm-hmm. and uh, give acknowledgement sure. of uh, the people there who were meeting, and mm-hmm. now it'd be driven away. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the end of that. And uh, there they were, uh, as I say, several of those every month or so, mm-hmm. uh, a good living, a, a nice uh, supplement to the nothing. I was making, selling uh, Bose equipment. I don't mean to mention any names, no. but the, the Bose brand has lost a lot of luster in, the, in Iraq after the war. Really? Uh, so th- th- that was it. It, it was uh, easy, uh, as you say, easy money. I don't say that, well, but um, but I could. Okay. Um, so uh, you never spoke as you, no. you were, as a body double. No. You never had a speaking part. No, and, and thank you for rubbing it in. <laughs> but no, I did not. Yeah. Uh, it was not my job to to talk like Bin Laden or, mm-hmm. or to, to say anything to anybody, uh, but just to make an appearance, mm-hmm. to uh, nod my head, as I say, in acknowledgement. Yeah, would and, you wave? Uh, be sort of a uh, a silent presence mm-hmm. of. Uh, Authority, great, and uh, yeah. so I, I, I had the authority mm-hmm. uh, vibe uh, that I'd learned the doing uh, the Saddam, Saddam. appearances, sure. and sure. so that almost came naturally to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, uh, as I say, they would they would drive me away, and I would uh, wave, and you uh, would wave. Yes, of course, I'd wave, and then mm-hmm. there was my. What job. kind of vehicle were you driven in? What what kind of vehicle do you think would be? I, I have no idea. I'm not a car freak, no, Mr. Sherir. No, I, I'm an uh, audio uh, equipment uh, freak, freak, if you want to use those words. I, I wouldn't use those words. Well, I wouldn't I, either. I, I presume it was a, a, a dark limousine-type vehicle, it right? Was an, it was a, as anonymous as possible. He wasn't trying to advertise that, they, oh, here comes Osama bin Laden, everybody. Right, right. Let's look at him. Yeah. No, it was, uh, you know... It, it, it it was a shadowy enterprise, and uh, I was uh, the shadow. You were the so shadow, of course, yeah. Um, but to, just to just to underline the point yes. then uh, that we were trying to make in terms of looking into this story, sure. you weren't killed, Mr. Shearer. I've never been killed in my life. Okay, I swear on my life, I've never been killed. <laughs> I'm fine, uh, well, and that's why I'm calling in to say, mm-hmm. no, I was never killed. Uh, this story is a, a made-up fantasy of. Uh, uh, biblical proportions, proportions and right. uh, I'm very proud of uh, my work, really? both as a Saddam lookalike and as a body double for uh, Osama bin Laden. But I'm I'm getting out of that line of work altogether really? now. Really, really. Uh, enough uh, flirting around near the headlines, mm. I should say. Yeah. Okay. So, wh- what's the latest for you, Shab Shab? I'm very proud to announce mm. that you yeah. I'm the Iraqi uh, franchisee for Trump Steaks. <laughs> They're the best steaks in the world, Mr. I, Shazir. I have heard that. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize they were still in business. Well, I paid the franchising fee. I mm. certainly hope they are. Yes. I'm looking forward to the delivery of the steak. I don't blame you. Um, well, shop, shop, thank you. Uh, we, we must uh, continue the program yes. without you. Yes. But thank you for uh, calling and uh, clearing up this story for us. It's my pleasure, Mr. Sherera. And if you t- want, want a tip from me, yes. try the ribeye. It's more flavorful. Okay, thank you, Shop, Shop. And uh, on the Newsmaker line, and the show continues. <laughs> Thank you.
I'm at the top of the heap Like some kind of Yoda I push the red button Leroy brings me a soda You'd think I'd be happy There's gold rugs on the floor But the deal's gone crappy I can't drive anymore You know I accomplished so much By my 100th day At least that's what everyone On my staff gets to say I've ordered some bombing Very light on the gore Even that wasn't calming I can't drive anymore Can't enjoy the thrill Of my foot on the gas Cruising up Madison Checking out some ass Can't cruise down the FDR Until my mind is worn Got to use Twitter Cause I can't mock the hell out of my horn I hear hail to the chief Till it comes out of my ears I've settled my suits in front of my arrears I thought this would be easy When I walked through the door Who would have imagined I can't drive anymore No, I can't drive anymore Yes, that's Yet another Donald Trump song from uh, The Many Moods of Donald Trump. It's a record. It's coming out. Um, and it's available. <laughs> One more. You know, you've heard all about it on all the other public radio shows. I don't have to do this. Now, the Apologies of the Week. The Bishop of Limerick. There once was a man from Limerick. He's apologized to a, a man who was sexually abused by a priest who was working in the Diocese of Limerick at the time. The priest can't be named for legal reasons in order to protect the identity of the victim. Was sentenced to three years imprisonment this week following his conviction of minor of nine charges of sexual assault and gross indecency. The victim was aged 12 or 13 when the abuse first started. Bishop Brendan Leahy said, My thoughts first and foremost are with the victims in this case. I want to acknowledge the enormous pain that he has had to endure the victim. And no, and no doubt the trial itself and all that led up to it deepened the hurt. It's not just a huge trauma for him as he had to relieve during this, relive during this trial the dreadful experiences and the grave breach of trust inflicted. But I'm very conscious of the impact on his family. On behalf of the Diocese of Limerick, I want to extend my deepest apologize, apologies to them for what they've all gone through. Sexual abuse by members of the clergy has brought great shame on the church. 
he concluded. Billionaire Leon Black of Apollo Global, he had paid, uh, according to recent news, convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein at least 60, at least 50 million dollars. Blank has written to his clients, including Pennsylvania's two taxpayer-funded public pension plans, to apologize for uh, his involvement with Mr. Epstein. Black is founder of Apollo Global Manager. Management sent the letter, a copy of which was obtained by the Philadelphia Inquirer, after another newspaper reported the extent of Black's relationship with and patronage of Epstein. Quote, it's true I paid Mr. Epstein millions of dollars annually for his work, which he provided from 2012 to 2017. Black said he never tried to conceal it. Epstein provided professional services to entities affiliated with my family regarding estate planning, tax, and philanthropic endeavors. Unquote. Black didn't explain why he chose to pay tens of millions to Epstein, a college dropout with a criminal record, when as a billionaire investment professional, Black had his pick of the top of credentialed experts. Black also acknowledged in the letter having traveled with Mr. Epstein to Boston to meet with several prominent Harvard professors as part of my family's philanthropic efforts. On a separate occasion, my family and I made a short trip to Mr. Epstein's private island and had a private lunch with him while on a family holiday nearby. In each case, I was accompanied by members of my immediate family. Enough of uh, billionaire Leon Black apologizing there. The North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un, issued an, I guess you'd have to call it, an unpology. Thanks to 7-Up for that. He shed tears as he issued the rare apology for his failure to guide the country through tumultuous times exacerbated by the coronavirus outbreak, speaking of large military parade, no, let's call it huge, at the uh, weekend, last weekend, to mark the 75th anniversary of his party, the Workers' Party. He removed his glasses and wiped away tears, indication, according to analysts, of mounting pressure on his regime from the coronavirus, uh, uh, of, of whom there are no apparent cases in North Korea, they would have us believe up to now. Although I'm entrusted with the important responsibility to lead this country, upholding the cause of the great comrades Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il, his grandfather and father. My efforts and sincerity have not been sufficient enough to relieve our, to rid our people of the difficulties in their lives. Not sufficient enough. I think sufficient would be enough. But that's, now I'm niggling. And liking it. Pope Francis. Now, Pope Francis apologized. He never had a dinner but he apologized to the faithful this week for not being able to greet them and shake their hands as Italy posted a record spike in coronavirus infections that's threatening to once again spiral out of control. Instead of wading into the crowd, Francis walked through a back door, excuse me, directly onto the stage to begin his catechism lesson. Amy Coney Barrett, Supreme Court nominee, apologized this week for, to referring for referring to sexual orientation as a preference during her second day of hearings. I certainly didn't mean and would never mean to use a term that would cause any offense to the LGBTQ community, she said, after questioning by Hawaii Senator Hirono. So if I did, I greatly apologize for that. I simply meant to be referring to Oberkfell's ruling. That's a ruling in the same-sex marriage case. 
there is a uh, advertising agency in Dallas, Texas, called, I believe it is called, the Richards Group. It is headed by Stan Richard, Richards. He um, was revealed to have discussed in a strategy meeting at the agency a possible strategy on behalf of his client, Motel 6, saying the um, suggested thing was too black and would alienate our white supremacist following. I believe he was speaking to the cl- of the client, not the agency, when he said that. Hilarity did not ensue. Motel 6 fired the agency. Hobby Lobby fired the agency. And then Stan Richards apologized. Some years back, I wrote a book called The Peaceable Kingdom. The subhead was building a company without the factionalism, fiefdoms, fear, and other staples of modern business. Frankly, I'm deeply ashamed to acknowledge that last Thursday, I failed to live up to my own philosophy. I made a mistake, the biggest mistake of my life, one I will never be able to adequately explain or to take back. Through my inappropriate words, I caused pain and anger to the people who I respect and care about. I can unequivocally say I have never used racist slurs about any ethnic group, nor tolerated it from anyone around me. And I certainly do not support white supremacy in any form or fashion. I have deeply disappointed those who have looked to me for guidance and leadership. In that moment, I wiped out years of trust. All I can say is that I was wrong. I'm sorry, and I ask for your forgiveness. Now, that's an ad man. When an ad man writes an apology, it's a super apology. Deadline Pittsburgh this weekend. Tens of thousands of now corrected, new corrected ballots will arrive at the post office after almost 30,000 voters in Allegheny County got the wrong ballot. New questions now about the company. Two local counties are using to handle mail-in ballots. Third parties. A Trump 2020 flag flies in the wind outside the offices of Midwest Direct in Cleveland in a photo obtained by a newspaper. The company is responsible for printing mail-in and absentee ballots in battleground states like Pennsylvania and Ohio. It's also responsible for the ballots in Allegheny and Westmoreland counties or Wastemoreland counties. The county put the blame on Midwest Direct. There was a failure on the part of the contractor and affected too many of our voters, and I apologize for that, said Allegheny County Elections Division Manager David Voy. It's that third, those third parties. You can't, you can't have, it's a two-party system. You can't have the third parties doing this kind of work. The apologies a week, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. Just briefly, news of the atom. Fishermen in the northeastern province of Fukushima, Fukushima in Japan, are voicing their concerns over media reports that the government plans to release treated radioactive water from the Fuk plant, release it into the ocean. Sure, why not? It's there. That came a day after it was reported by Japanese media that an official decision on the discharge of the water from Fuk 
may be made by the end of this month. Right about the time of the release of the certain record of songs about... All right, I don't need to tell you that. You're hearing it on all the public radio shows. They said releasing the water used to cool the plant that suffered the uh, core meltdowns will harm their decade-old struggle to rebuild the fishing industry and reputation among lingering domestic and foreign customer concerns about the safety of their catches. Hot catches, everybody. Hot catches. News of our friend, the Atom. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to bring to an end this edition of the show. Back next week at the same time on these radio stations and on your audio device of choice when you decide you're ready for it. And it'd be just like Donald Trump borrowing from uh, Jeb Bush when Jeb Bush said, please clap if you'd agree with me then, would you? Alrighty. Thank you very much. Uh Uh-huh. you to do me a favor. Suburban women, will you please like me? All right, there you go. The email address for this program, list of the music heard here on your chance to get cars, I talk, talk, t-shirts, all at harryshear.com. I'm on Twitter at the Harry Shear, and a tip of the show, chapeau to the San Diego desk, to Pam Halstead, and to Thomas Walsh here at WWNO New Orleans. The show comes to you from Century Progress Productions, originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from the Crescent City.